welcome to the Trailer Island Podcast. I, I came in early for the first time. <laughs> Have I ever done that? Yeah, I've, I've seen you come in early. Oh my gosh, times. what do I do? I think we just have to roll with it, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, we'll just smile and say thank you. Uh, so, um, welcome to the Trailer Island Podcast. I'm Alex, and as always, I'm joined by... Steve. And... Matthew. You got red, Matthew. Why? Oh, no. No, no reason. No, okay. I, I thought of a joke I was told many years ago, and then, and then I laughed. Okay. Well, anyway, so we are the Trailer Island Podcast, and we compare films. And their trailers did the film deliver what the trailer promised. And um, we've got a we got a we got a we got a big one this week. Is it a block? Is it a blockbuster? I think it was meant to be. Yeah, meant to be a blockbuster. We, and we can discuss that. I think definitely, yeah. definitely fell on its, on its behind, which is a, a real tra- tragedy, really. Mm. I think. Yeah. So so yeah, the blockbuster. I feel like it could have probably gone straight to streaming, but you know, whatever. I, they did go up again internationally. This went up against Bond as well, which may yeah. have not been the best decision. <laughs> yeah. But not here in Australia. No, that's right. No, no. not yet. Actually, um, no. It is. It's a good movie. So, what? actually, what day is it? Today? So nine days till Bond comes out, everyone. Ooh. Nine days to go Ooh. here in Australia. That is obviously. Was this, was this particular film delayed? Um, I think the shooting was. Yes, they were delayed oh, during okay. shooting. Which yep. is why we have two Ridley Scott films coming out so close together this yeah. year. Because we've got this one. What's the other Ridley Scott House film? House of Gucci. House of Gucci. Which is, okay. looks like a murder murder mystery. How old is Ridley Scott now? He's, eight. I want to say, 83. I don't okay. know for sure. 83, I think. Still directing. Not retired yet. Wow. He's going strong. Good on him. Yeah. Well. As, a, as opposed to, to Clint Eastwood, who's sort of cracking the 90 mark and is very I think, off his marbles as well. Oh. I, think, I think compared to him... Really, Scott's doing quite well for himself. Such an accusation, Steve. Yeah. Well, if we if we're going to say that, let me, let's let's just for the sake of accuracy, just see how far behind Ridley Scott is in age. Is Clint Eastwood getting that old? Is he? He's very old. Yeah. Wow, I was bang on. He's eighty-three. Ridley. Okay. Oh, well done. That's I'm not obsessed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Uh, well, if we're if we're talking about this, um, this 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 is going to be an interesting one to talk about. I feel mm-hmm. like because there are a lot of themes in this mm. that I think are challenging to an audience. Heavy, yes, heavy heavy themes. It is a heavy movie. I'm, it's a very deliberately uncomfortable film, mm. and I'm kind of. I mean, I was uncomfortable just with the complete strangers in the cinema, but I was glad I didn't go with someone I knew sitting next to me because I was like, oh, I, are you enjoying this? I'm so. Certainly not, and you're not meant to in certain moments in this movie. It's, mm-hmm. it's meant to be uncomfortable and thought-provoking. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, who would like to introduce this week's film? Oh, I'd like to. Yeah, if that's absolutely. okay. Yeah, go go for it. I feel like I interrupted you there, Steve. You were about to jump in. No, I was just um, smacking my lips on my tea. Ah, of course. Uh, this week we're talking about Ridley Scott's The Last Duel. There is only one question that matters. Do you swear on your life that what you say is true? My father told me my life would be blessed with good fortune. I'm married. I was a good wife. And then was judged and shamed by my country. I say before all of you, I spoke the truth. 
most unspeakable charge has been brought against you. Jacques Legree entered our home. He attacked me. The accusation is false. I am telling the truth. The truth does not matter. There is only the power of men. This should be settled quietly. I'm innocent! I request a duel to the death. If you lose, your wife will suffer dire consequences. One of us has lied. Let us let God decide. You do not believe me. I am risking my life for you. You are risking my life so you can save your bride. that you are to be burned alive. I will not be silent. It's rather a concise little trailer there. I think it's a very good trailer. I, I think, think it's a great trailer. I yeah. think it maybe um, overstates how much sort of combat battle there is in this, yes. in this film. And I think that gets us in, perhaps before we discuss the plot and the themes of this, just the marketing for this film and why perhaps, unfortunately, this film has flopped both here in Australia mm. and internationally. It's flopped in terms it hasn't made much money. It hasn't made much money. People, right. people. I mean, let's, let's be honest, we're still coming out of this pandemic and I think unless it's big movies like, shall we say, June or Bond or the bigger Marvel films, people are a little hesitant to leave their homes yeah. to go to the cinema. Also, I think word of mouth around this film is that it's an incredibly concise drama, mm-hmm. mm. but it is not an action film. Mm-hmm. It's a nope. drama. That's that right. trailer sells it as an action film. Yeah. It really does. And it's got this, like, it's very graphical, heavy with, you know, moving lines of images yeah, and stuff. Right. And you don't see whole scenes. And I guess that's the whole point. You don't, you know, you not get the whole story. Yeah. Yes. That's kind of the, there's a, there's a theme running through this. And you're definitely right. It portrays it as some sort of action film. Yes. Um, but I, I really enjoyed that trailer because yeah. what having now having now watched the film and watching that trailer back, I'm like, eh, maybe I did enjoy mm. the movie more than I thought I did. Oh, were you a bit on the fence about the film? I really was. Okay, I really was. And if I mean, do we want to get stuck into this straight away, or would, or, should, or should we try and establish what this film is about? Well, I just want to make one point, one further point in the trailer. I think, I think this particular trailer and film is probably three years too late. I think oh, if sure. they really wanted this film to sort of do well, this trailer to to really to to sell it, should we market it right in the middle of Game of Thrones hype? But that's completely cooled now. Yeah, and and I think that's probably half to blame for. for when this. did Game of Thrones wrap? Twenty nineteen. And so, but was this film shooting around then? No, I think it was shooting in twenty nine. Oh no, I think it was shooting twenty twenty. Yeah. And had to stop a few times because of COVID. Mm. But you are right. I've actually read a few reviews that, and all of them say, wow, if Ridley Scott did a Game of Thrones episode, mm. he'd be really good. Mm. So I think you're right on the Game of Thrones feel. Yeah. I haven't seen Game of Thrones myself, but from what I'm told, this is very sort of mm-hmm. similar. Um, what does annoy me in that trailer as well, talking of things being like something else, is the woman who defied a nation tagline is almost identical to the gladiator 
um, he defied an emperor tagline, mm-hmm. which I know it's the same director and they're probably got, trying to do the whole from the director of Gladiator, but like get a different tagline. Just come up with a new one, mm. you know? Stop reminding people of how good Gladiator is and go, hey, look how good this new movie is. <laughs> you know, sell your own movie. Stop looking at the past. Gladiator is 20 years old now. Anyway, sorry. Oh, is it really? I think it was two. It was 01, wasn't it? Gladiator was it earlier no, it was than that. 2000. 2000. It's, uh, it's 21 oh. years old. Too many Jillikas, Batman. <laughs> well, who, who, Steve, do you want to? Yeah, I'll get into it. Yeah, I'll get into please, it. Please, I think... Because we, we really need to set up what this movie is about. Yeah. It's quite important, yeah. I think. Um, which, uh, this is something I don't think the trailer actually sort of explained, but we're, we're getting a movie in, in three parts, really, here. Getting uh, three different perspectives on an, on an event that's occurred uh, to a man and woman named um, uh, Jean uh, de Carouge. Obviously, Jean is played by Matt Damon. Um, his, his wife is, is named Marguerite, uh, played by Jodie Comer. And um, it sort of tells the story of how they met, how they got together, how they married, uh, what sort of external forces are sort of pressing upon them. Yeah. Um, which all sort of culminates in this. What it, it's, it's the 1400s? Thir- it's yeah, like 13-something, thir- 1380? Yes. 1386, I yeah. believe, is the final year. It's set over mm. about 10 years, the film. It is, it is. Yeah. Um, and it's in France. And it sort of culminates in this this tragedy that befalls uh, Lady Marguerite. And, and well, I don't, is, is it a tragedy? Is that the right word to use for what, what happens? Or is it more of an, a... This crime. It's a crime, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and it, it, uh, it follows on from there and it uh, becomes a, almost a, a law drama there. Mm. Um, it, it's almost... Um, I would ne- Unlike, say, Tarantino's Hateful Eight, which could just be done on the stage... I think it's not fair to say that on this movie because Ridley's got such a visual mm. director and the visuals in this film are so well done and everything. Mm. So, so I'm not going to say that this is like a stage play because it's not. It's a film. Definitely not. It is a cinematic yeah. film. But we, we, we have some incredibly intense dialogue and a lot of the movie is actually just one or two people talking. Mm-hmm. Well, not one person talking to themselves, but two people talking to each other. And that's more or less the movie, occasionally punctuated with some of your more traditional fight scenes to just i guess give it a bit of structure which it, which i think works quite well but i think like you said what you've touched on steve is the genius of this movie is we see the same events yeah from three different perspectives mm-hmm. and each time it's almost like playing spot the difference in a way yeah in a, in a very good way in you mm. and oh that's interesting how so, so that's how they remember that happening but you see someone else's points of view and that's it's right. remembered in a completely different inflection and it, it was a lot more subtle than i was expecting mm. The, mm, the, yeah. the differences between the three perspectives that we got yes some of it was quite obvious and others like it wasn't you know so subtle that you couldn't pick up on it but you could see i guess that was that's what the, the misinterpretation guess, is yeah. possible. Yeah, yeah, how the misinterpretation comes because you see the small nuances in in what how people perceive a particular situation leads to certain things. Yeah, this is and the type of movie you really want a, a skilled actor doing. Yeah. Oh, and if they've got to, if they're going to act out a scene three different times with three different inflections, you've got to do it. You're like you, the the inflection needs to be precise. Uh-huh. You know, and I'm glad we, uh, the I think the perspectives we've got in this film are. are Obviously, Matt Damon is... Well, it starts It starts with Jean, Jean with, with Matt Damon's perspective. Then it switches to Jacques Le Gris, uh, who's played by Adam Driver. Yep. Uh, and finally, it's um, Lady Marguerite, played by Jodie Comer. And I do enjoy how the movie has structured the three perspectives in a way that we get... 
what I suppose you would imagine from a, a film headlined in in part by Matt Damon is we get him as a as a hero. Mm. That's the mm. first version of of his character yeah. and how other people see him that we discover. Yeah. And then as the movie goes on, we see ah, so what people have initially appeared to be and what you might. I suppose think is the easiest way to see someone because I think we're all conditioned to see Matt Damon as this movie hero. Um, suddenly you have that swipped, uh, swapped, and mm-hmm. I suppose is this? Can we spoil this? I don't want to say too much, but he's perhaps pr- presented from a different point of view later on in the film as a not a very nice person. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair, but and you, you I, and can I say think that. that was really interesting for me to be. I was so ready to accept. Matt Damon is just this knight in shining armor, again, like thinking of him, yeah. how charming he is in The Martian, you know, that kind of thing. And then how challenged I was by the idea of him being a really nasty person. I was like, yeah. oh, this makes me feel a bit strange. But mm. I thought that really was quite well done. Yeah. The, we- the, the order that we see things in. And, I, and I, can, I can see, like, it should be applauded in the fact that I imagine it'd be quite difficult as Matt Damon, the actor, to <laughs> allow himself to be portrayed this way when you are initially so knight in shining mm-hmm. armor in the first act and then that final act you are it, it switches but he does that so well he does I, yeah and and here here is where a little bit of criticism comes from me <laughs> is that first act i was bored out of my head mm-hmm. okay i was just like oh okay here's the good guy trying to do the right thing okay yeah there's a bit of drama <sighs> all right <laughs> cool. interestingly enough and I think it's important because obviously that's from his point of view mm. is that it's it's the – and I'm saying this in that this is a really uncomfortable film. Obviously. His is the only perspective we don't actually see the horrible rape scene yes. in. Mm. He did, it's like his character doesn't even imagine it. Yeah, like that's he, right. But I thought that was interesting for his character or rather for the way he sees himself is he couldn't bring himself to even – he just goes straight into, well, we're just going to kill him. Or you know, yeah. He did. Well, I mean, I guess we, we we wouldn't be able to see his perspective of the incident. No, but she. We don't even get her. We we get her initial sort of admission to him, but then he just sort of accepts it and moves on, as you would hope that a, an upstanding guy would mm-hmm. do. Yes, but it's not until later on we see that no, no, no. He was very upset. He was yeah. he was wrong in the way he yes. reacts to this this yes. this, this news. It's uh, almost like so he's confident. playing three different char- characters in this film. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> first of all, it's him from his perspective, so he's an art in shining armour. And then uh, from Legree's perspective, Matt Damon plays as this very uh, erratic and, and proud sort of mm. sort He's of almost knight. a bumbling fool as well, isn't yes. he? Yeah. Like he's always he's never standing still. He's always moving around and, you know, he can't stand on he can't mm. look someone in the eye kind of thing. Mm. And then finally from Marguerite's perspective, Matt Damon's character is is um someone she's dutiful to, you know, uh it's gotta be the 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 provider for the family. Um, well, you, at, at their wedding, he's more concerned about how much land he gets mm, mm. as opposed to marrying his bride. That's exactly right. And I don't know. I feel like you're in a, in another director's hand or another writer's hand, another actor's hand. That could become that could come across as a bit too on the nose, but it worked in the scene that you go, "Wow, they're having this conversation right before they get married in the church," and it just yeah. really drove home that sort of, I guess, void. Which I think um, yeah. on the, on the first chapter there from from Carouge, I think that's probably the weakest chapter because Adam Driver set out to be the the villain of, the, of this film, mm-hmm. and from Carouge's perspective. He really doesn't see Legree super villainous, you know. Yeah. He, he's not much. He's not moustache twirling or, or even <laughs> like super aggressive. Yeah, uh, it, it's the only part he sort of comes off super aggressive is is from Lady Marguerite's perspective. Yes. So sure. I, I think it's, mm. I think it's odd that that 
especially in Karuja's chapter, he is set up to be the villain, but doesn't really doesn't really play the vi- uh, villain in that chapter. No. I think that perhaps, and and I say this with a lot of hesitation because I haven't formulated the sentence in my head yet, but I'm, I mm. get a feeling there is something in there about, uh, it's a comment on the way that perhaps these men see each other as opposed to how they view women. Okay. I think is perhaps they, again, like I say, I'm not fully formed on this idea, but perhaps it's they just have a, just a, an an underlying already like unconditional mutual respect for each other just mm-hmm. higher okay. than how they view the women of the right. time. I think is perhaps there's something in there on trying to well, comment on that. I, I think certainly because we get to the trial towards the oh. end and, and the and the church court scene, if you will, in front mm-hmm. of um, King King Charles mm-hmm. and <laughs> and just just like how how the crime itself is not that Marguerite has been raped, it's that property of yeah. the yeah. man has been assaulted. Mm. That is the crime that has occurred. And that's and it's it's, di- it's passages of dialogue like that. And again, it's intended to do this that just make your skin crawl. Yeah, and it's and, horrible. And the science of how oh. sex works. Oh, I hate I hated that. Bit. And how yeah. they and just and because you know this is based on a true story, you are just like how. How have we come mm. to this? How, how do we exist now as a civilization where <laughs> thoughts like this were so common? Yeah. Um, but obviously, I mean, the film is is meant to be viewed with in light, I suppose, of what's happened over the last few years. I think in, so as well. Like in, with the Me Too movement and that mm. kind of thing. I, I think that kind of comparison, whether they intended it or not, is is unavoidable. Really, it's just like yeah. almost as if some core beliefs of some people just are, are difficult to change. Yeah, which is. I think this. I think this why, like I mentioned earlier, and we uh, we sort of touched on it. Why it's such a shame that this movie has not been seen by a lot of people and yeah. has flopped. Because I think it's a really important film, especially for this period of time that we seem to be in, mm. in terms of social change. Um, it's 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 a horrible, horribly uncomfortable, hard to watch movie, but it's it must be seen. Yeah, and now and now one thing that the trailer doesn't do is the trailer does not use the word rape. Does it? Uh, I, I didn't hear it in it. I don't, I don't believe re- it I don't does. recall. No, I don't recall. Because that is the incident that happens here. Yeah. That yeah. The film is all about um, Marguerite being raped yeah. and by Jacques Legree. Mm-hmm. And there is Jacques' perspective that he thought you know she was just sort of mm. doing the courteous thing, the dance yeah. of sorts. Well, he, when he tries to confess to... Well, he try, he does. He confesses to the priest. He says he's committed adultery, not that he's committed rape. Yeah. So it's just yeah. how he sees it, which is obviously so perverted. Uh, um, which is played by Ben Affleck. A, yes. A, a bleached hair Ben Affleck. Yes. He was actually... Not he doesn't steal the show, but he was one of my favourite performers in the yeah. film. He I, so I, wore, I warmed to him as the film went on. Yes, <laughs> he's very well. He's just camp, I guess, isn't he? In a way, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. he plays it really well because it's Ben Affleck. We're so used to him just being miserable and sad. Do we? Do we have any concerns about this being a film about French characters and Americans yeah. using? A variety of accents to play, or do we look I, past that? Before we let Steve comment on this, because I know you've got issues, yeah. I will say from someone who didn't mind that Daniel Craig kept his English accent for the Gilda Drains 2 remake, mm-hmm. I feel like I didn't care. Okay. It's but about know, the story? It's about the story. They're still really good performances, uh-huh. even if they haven't changed their accents. Very good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I look, there are, there's a lot of good talent <laughs> Good, talented French actors and actresses out there. I don't. I didn't see any reason why they shouldn't have been used instead of, 
very, very American slack-jawed Matt Damon's accent the entire way through. <laughs> uh, I think the English accents didn't really put me off too much. I was just more thinking, you know, there's there's a lot of like, there is a lot yeah. of talent in France. Why not, you know, do this front do this movie with you know some some subtitles, I, some French accents. Yeah. It's not like, do, do, they, do they do the Hunt for Red October thing where they they start out in French and it transitions? Why not, Why not? somehow into you know, English? Probably yeah, but but like you say, maybe. They should have picked one accent as opposed to having American and English. If I mean, because yeah. English doesn't work because they're in France, but and they're fighting the English, and at the they're time. fighting the English as well. Oh, the English are very keen to surrender. Um, maybe <laughs> they should have. Like it didn't bother me. It actually didn't bother me because I can disconnect. It's it's you know they would have been speaking French at the time. They're currently speaking English. Therefore, we've already broken that rule of mm. they've already changed the language. So what does it matter what accent they've got? Yeah. I also think that uh, Matt Damon's acting is is good enough that you do the, the the quality of his accent sort of slips from your mind for a little. I bit wasn't there. aware that he was trying to do an accent. Yeah, is he trying to? I, I just thought he it was does. Yeah, there's a, there's a vague attempt. Yeah. I okay. think <laughs> I thought it was just Ben Affleck. Mm. <laughs> um, but the the quality of his acting is 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 good enough. You forget about yeah. it for a little while. I don't think you can fault any of the acting in this, can you? Not really. I know. No. I think that's sort of what draws you in so much. For me, for me, Ben Affleck was the like the the wild card. I was like, this this performance is either going to be very bad or very good, and it was very good. Mm. Very good. So going back to the, the multiple perspective things and talking about you know basically the big crime that happens in this film is we see things from multiple perspectives. Now, this is a very troubling thing for a movie that's setting itself out and selling itself via the trailer to be a piece of entertainment. Mm. Is ordinarily, I think, audiences will, be, will, will tolerate in a standard film if, of this kind, maybe Game of Thrones-ish kind of thing, mm. perhaps one rape scene. Mm. We see it twice, very deliberately see it twice mm. from two, diff- two different perspectives. I get why they've done that. How mm. did you guys feel about having to... I don't want to say having to sit through because again the film is trying to make a point. But how did you feel about how that was done? Having to having to see that twice from two different points of view. Uh, I found it very difficult to mm. watch. Yeah. Like sat sideways in my chair, just <laughs> like. Uh, what also didn't help is that I went and saw this with my parents. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> I was having flashbacks to seeing Titanic. And um, like the the you saw the there was that scene with Kate Winslet in that and Jack in there <laughs> yeah and then you know that was a you know a passionate scene yes. for for all the right reasons I mean they were both enjoying it like, that, let's yes, make they, that were, clear, they but... were consensually enjoying <laughs> enjoying it in that scene uh, compared to this where it is just outright sexual exploitation and yeah and that's my my fear is that I know they're making their point and and so you have to see it because you have to feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. to form yeah. your hate of the of the offending characters yes but do we think they the scenes went on maybe too long and you go okay you've made your point now are we perhaps can we I don't know it's, it's so hard to discuss uh, whether or not those scenes go like can can you ever say that no we you have to cut that scene down. Like, is that right to say that? For me, uh, for me, both of those scenes worked. Yeah, it was it was uncomfortable, but it was crucial. I, I, you needed to see how Legree saw the yeah. situation, which he thought was, you know, playful flirting and 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 playful roughhousing, uh, ending in 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 a, a very very awkward sort of climax mm. and then you got to see it from lady marguerite's perspective and, and it's, it's, and it's, it is genuinely terrifying it's horrendous yeah um and i i mean i don't have any complaints about how how long the scene was it it hit the yeah the, that's the point of so, the movie that that's the yeah. that's the real 
essence of this movie is is this scene right here. Yeah, and we we need to see it. Um, and again, this is where the where the ad- uh, actors' quality comes into it because you know it's it is two different scenes. Mm. And, and that, oh, sorry, I should just say that's my my question that we've got here is we think whether or not it's warranted and if they pull it off. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It it definitely needs to be in there, and I think it it's brave that it does do it for as long as it does like yeah. how it shows the the, the full thing mm. like not visually but no but it's real time but, but you see real yeah. time mm-hmm. as as it happens and what it does is that it gives you something to believe in and and want an outcome in that final jewel the tension yeah. i know the we tension. were talking about this earlier is, when it when it comes oh. to the end because now cuz you've seen it from Every perspective, and initially you think of the boastful Matt Damon character, and you're like, "Oh, you know, it'd be good if he won this fight," because we're not really sure. <laughs> yeah. Then you see how what Legree has done and Adam Driver's character, mm-hmm. and what he's actually done. You're like, "Okay, you're that's you know that is absolutely unacceptable." And then you see the true horror mm. from Marguerite's yeah. perspective, and you think, "Man, he better destroy this bastard." Yeah. But then, and, but then you don't even like Matt Damon. Ca- Matt right. Damon's character. No, that that's much right. Either. No, he's admittedly no. not raped her which is great but he, they don't have a happy marriage no, no. like he he's not a good guy in, no. in a sense so i found the tension there going well this this guy's a rapist and a criminal absolutely if you know it's legal to have these jewels to execute mm. if you please kill him but i also don't want her to still be married to matt damon yeah <laughs> and, and, that, and that's what worried me as well is that i couldn't care less about which character died on the field yeah my concern was for marguerite and what yeah. her outcome was mm. yeah so because because for her it's what to be stripped naked have a head shave yeah. go into shackles and then burnt at the stake yeah that's if she's if, proven to well if, if, proven in air quotes yeah by combat to if, be if her husband dies yeah. first in combat um and yeah so i i i checked my pulse i, <laughs> I thought it was a, hang on i am feeling genuinely stressed during this fight yeah mm. and i checked you know put my hand to my neck and gone okay yeah this is higher than normal yeah yeah um it just shows you know, for me, what started off as just, man, this is boring. I am tired. <laughs> I just don't. I'm just not interested to, holy crap. Yeah. This is like literally edge of your seat stuff. I think that's probably the, the, the main issue with the film is that, that that first chapter has a lot to set up. It has yeah. it has history. It has character yeah. relationships. It has all this terrain to cover. And let's not forget the movie's three hours long. Yeah, as and well, it, and it really doesn't really. Was it three of, hours? Yeah. I believe it's close to three hours. Oh, I'm tired just thinking about it, <laughs> and I've already seen it. <laughs> I would say that first chapter is probably like the longest as well. Yeah, it was <laughs> definitely an hour at least. Yeah, for sure. My dad checked his phone a couple of times. I was like, "Dad, cinema etiquette." Yeah, and realized afterwards he was bored too, and he was checking <laughs> the time. <laughs> so I think you've got to push through that first. Um, that first chapter. Yeah. Um, to lighten the conversation a little bit, <laughs> how do we think this movie ranks uh, against some of other Ridley Scott's efforts? I don't know what other movies he's done. Gladiator? Gladiator, Blade Runner, Alien? Probably in the... Yeah. Yeah. Is, this, is, this, is this the most drama, drama-ish <sighs> film that he's done? Well, he did The Counselor, which is almost all talking, yeah. which is which Steve and I have... Well, I Steve's seen it. You liked it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And I watched it the first time, thought, I don't know what's going on. Watched it the second time after Steve mentioned some better things about it and thought, wow, this is actually really well done. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that, so that film's a drama. 
what else has he done that's more? He did Matchstick Men, which is more of a black comedy with Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. That's quite good. Um, oh, well, to answer your question, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like I... I didn't see anything about it that made me go, this is a Ridley Scott film. I don't know what his signature is in filmmaking. I think it can't, he, he has a visual flair. The one I have to watch it again. The one shot that he's quite famous for, which he does a lot, which I don't know if it was in this, was having water reflected on the ceiling behind a character for a lighting sort of, right. sort of just a bit of atmosphere oh, behind. I don't, know. I don't know if he did that. Um, I mean, the fight scenes were very Ridley Scott. The when we do have a mm-hmm. fight scene, they, that was very. They are quite cinematically epic, yeah. aren't yeah. they? Yeah, like that was very Ridley, which I was very happy to see on a big screen. So for sure, it's perhaps seeing, I retract um, my former statement about streaming. When when we saw um, Matt Damon when he was still when Matt Damon was still viewing himself as being quite heroic, he gets in this battle and grabs the puts the sword of an enemy soldier on the ground, grabs the enemy soldier's yeah. head, and impales him on his own sword. I thought that's pretty epic. Mm-hmm. That's like mm-hmm. that's a really good medieval in, fight scene in the middle of a battle. Though that seems like an odd method for when time is key. Well, but however, we do find out when. We see him charge across a, a river at some point and save mm. Adam Driver's character's life. Yes. When we see it from Adam Driver's perspective, uh, Matt Damon pretty much falls over immediately yeah. and Adam Driver has to save him. Yeah. So it's like, I think he's just, is he imagining it maybe? I mean, you know. Well, no, because he, he admits that he had saved his life. Uh, no, my, my point is that those kind of really heroic moves oh. he's doing are probably all in his head. Right. Yeah. Right. It's also a little. Uh, just realise there's a little thread in that first chapter that really no, never gets resolved, and that is uh, Carouge goes to to Scotland to fight in a war, mm. and they sort of hint at he's being set up to die. Yes, I agree. Yes, that was a bit vague, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, like they didn't. They they definitely don't expect him to come back. Yeah, for sure. Maybe maybe that's just more a perspective thing from for Carouge and he. That's what. That's how he feels. And that's he feels thing, like he's been set up. It, like we just touched on it there. We're sort of now dissecting sort of the different points of view. Is that part of me goes? This is going to be a really good film to watch again and again. If it wasn't for the fact how deliberately uncomfortable it is, mm-hmm. it's sort of like okay, I can watch those things. But I, I feel whilst the, again, I'm, I'm, I know the film's trying to make a point, but to watch it now, having seen it once and having had it work. To then go back and watch it for entertainment purposes and for the kind of dissection of filmmaking mm-hmm. seems a bit wrong in a way. I think, well, it sort of occurs to me now that I probably could go back and rewatch it and pick up new things. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm actually but sort of I, talking I, myself into doing that now. Yeah, but I don't know if I could sit through the more uncomfortable... Having already seen them, I don't know if I could sit through the more uncomfortable moments again and, and, and not just feel icky, you know. Maybe just me, well, I don't know. Well, I mean, know. this might be sort of a learning experience if you, like... Ridley Scott is a, is a master. Yeah. So you know, going back and rewatching some of these crucial scenes from from different perspectives and seeing mm. how long he he lingers on one shot and how mm. how often he cuts between certain shots. You know, I'm sure that Legree's perspective, his his version of the rape is is a lot more. You know, it, it's not fast paced. It's not cut quickly. It's more. Yeah. It's drawn out. It's supposed yeah. to be romantic. It's supposed to be playful. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, when this film is made available for home viewing. The comparison of some of those key scenes that are yeah. shown differently throughout the film. Yeah, just uh, how the perspective changes ever so slightly, how the wording changes ever so slightly. Like I think there's one scene that gets that gets repeated thrice over the film, and that's where 
Legree and Carouge reunite after a bit of time. I really yeah, like that scene. Was good. That's the key one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That I think, was I think that's the only scene that gets sort of repeated three times. Three times. Yeah, I think most of them you see yeah. probably twice mm-hmm. because you see that initial battle twice. Yeah. You, you see the the assault twice, uh, but you see that that re. Yeah, the meeting. You see that from time. all three all points of view. And I think, again, that's Ridley being the master. He knows how far he can push his audience in terms of rewatching scenes, like much like the end of Prisoner of Azkaban. You know, I think you see the ending like three times. Yeah. Um, he knows how, and I think he succeeds. He, he's, he's pushing the audience to sort of. I think if he could have done the whole movie the whole way through from three perspectives, he would have. Mm-hmm. But he obviously got to cut stuff out and only keep, have the relevant scenes. And I think he's picked them really well. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's screenwriting as well, of course. But I think they've done a good job of knowing what scenes you should be seeing from as many points of view as possible. Or some of them you only see from one point of view. Yeah. And that's fine. Um, sometimes mm. it doesn't matter. It's interesting. It's very interesting mm-hmm. filmmaking. Yeah, for sure. Well... Uh, <laughs> well, in terms of ratings, uh, uh, what five I, five dowries out of five, five holiday homes. Holiday homes. Uh, um, I think I, we're all just sort of like. Oh. I don't really want to make fun of the movie. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a really important film. Um, What's so what are the things that they carry in, in the joust? Uh, uh, javelins. Are they javelins? <laughs> javelins? No, they're not. What do they use? The Jousting sticks. Jousting sticks. sticks. Well, yeah, Is that what they're called? <laughs> Jousting sticks. How much you want for them? <laughs> uh, Tell him he's dreaming. Tell him he's dreaming. Um, yeah, five jousting sticks. Jousting Yeah. Cakes. Wars. Wars. Um, oh, just, just on a side note, this was um, obviously a true story. This was the last legal duel. In, yes. in history. Yes. No, it wasn't. Oh, really? Oh. There was another one after it. Oh. Yeah. So that's, that's technically historically all... incorrect. Oh, Dickens. Well, that's, well, don't watch the movie. <laughs> it is not the so last one. So what was the was last ever. one? Uh, it was a, another one. That was happened it a bit in later. France as well? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. Uh, all the marketing for this film is wrong. Well, which surprises me because I feel like the 13... Was it, so 1380 something 1386. I yeah. feel like Jules were a more common thing late, late, after late, that. Like in Britain, weren't they shooting each other up until recently? I think maybe like horseback. Jewels, oh, like actual maybe? like sword. Yeah, man perhaps. to man, like beating stuff up. I mean, I've been conditioned to think that everyone in the Wild West was dueling. Yeah, yeah well, you know. Hey, look, well, this, 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 this is, is all, a legally sanctioned. Yeah, like the king is battle. actually there yeah. at the duel as entertainment, and, and and that is the hand of God will abide the yeah. winner, mm. um, and. Yeah. Five hands of God. Hands of God. Apparently that king, King Charles, I was doing some research um, because he's quite young in this movie. Um, He he was quite, um, I'm not making fun of mental illness here, but he had a lot of problems. And apparently Mm. in the end, he ended up just like being a recluse running around his palace and they honestly just couldn't control him. Mm. And I thought, I want to see that movie. (laughs) Well, he's he's a very, uh, the guy who plays him, like what? He's a bit unhinged, isn't he? I'm not the actor. I'm assuming it's a performance, I hope, now that I've said that. But um, yeah, there was, there was, um, he is just reading about his life was quite interesting just as a little history project mm-hmm. and I, that's what I like about these medieval films same as um, Kingdom of Heaven that's, mm-hmm. that got me reading about the Crusades that's another Ridley Scott film well Carouge he died in the Crusades yes actually this film's set only like 10 years or something yeah. before Kingdom of Heaven I think so you can watch this and then follow it up with the four hour cut of Kingdom of Heaven if you want no uh, <laughs> is Kingdom of Heaven also a Ridley Scott film that is also a Ridley Scott okay. film yeah I love that movie he loves the French um, we should employ them more often. 
Yeah, there there is an actor in this that was also in Kingdom of Heaven who plays um, Guy in Kingdom of Heaven plays one of Matt Damon's mates in yep. this. Yeah. Getting sidetracked. Yes, yeah, sorry. Come on, um, out anyway. of what? I'm, um, I'm just slightly I'm just slightly annoyed that I can't give you the <laughs> because because I because I researched because I'm like oh no because like the critical thing of this is well it wasn't actually the last jewel. Yeah, yeah, I didn't um, know that. But I think this was more famous. Sure, as one of the last ones, it was a famous thing at the time yeah okay as, as it happened uh five jousting Matt, sticks ja- let's just do jousting, jousting sticks. sticks yeah that yeah. sounds good something <laughs> yeah uh, who would like to go first i'll uh, go first okay yeah uh for me this will be a four i think they could have tightened up that first hour i really do matt damon's accent is is yeah it's it's definitely noticeable it can get hidden by that by a really good performance but when it's noticeable, it's noticeable. And when it's noticeable, it takes me out of the film. Mm. Um, but, yeah, a real sort of, I think, would you call this a sort of maybe proof of concept for Gladiator 2 oh. when he finally gets around to doing it? I I mean, I'm sure Ridley Scott will never die, but I don't know that. Do we really want a Gladiator 2? Do we really want that? Isn't that in the works? I thought yeah, it was Apparently, in the yeah. Um, yeah, if, he, if, if Ridley Scott ever wanted to make a Game of Thrones type show... I think he's he's very very good at it. Mm. He gets the politics right. He gets the, mm. the, the the characters right. He gets. I think he gets the action right as well. Mm. To be honest. Mm. So yeah, that's, that's going to be a bit four. Okay, I, I might follow that up as well and say that it's a four from me as well. Um, being, I was very excited for this being a massive Ridley Scott fan as we've discussed previously. But I was curious about this film because it seemed like even though he's done some pretty heavy films in the past, this one was going to be very direct as to what it was about. And, and that I found exciting because when Ridley Scott gets given a good script with strong themes, you just let him play and, mm-hmm. like, he will deliver a strong film. Um, like, I'm thinking Prometheus, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Just the themes override the story and everything. It's all about the themes. And mm-hmm. I think this is probably the same. Um, but, yeah, great, great acting. I thought – I was actually pleased this wasn't just another action film. I was so surprised by how intimate the drama was and just seeing these, you know, top-tier actors just act their – little socks off and all deliver really great performances I thought was great it looked great it was such a great um, render of medieval times like it was grimy Mm -hmm. it was filthy you felt the mud and everything and seeing Paris under construction and that was all cool oh yeah that was cool Um, so that was that was nice Um, I respect how unflinching and brave this film is brave enough to show us you know it's what the whole film is about it's it's about the, the not so much the rape, which is horrible, but also just the, the, the way that women and rape victims are supposed to treated. The victim's perspective. The victim's yeah. perspective and, and all of that. And I just thought it was just so, for, for me, who's perhaps, you know, not seen, I, I, you know, like sometimes at school or wherever you get people come and talk about experiences. It's, never it, been exposed to that. This no. was so eye-opening to me. It's like, mm. well, this is like, does this happen? This is mm. horrible. And, and I, so I think just for that alone, the film is just so effective. Um, but yeah, a little long. I like long movies. This one, I felt, yep, yeah, definitely could have been tightened up. Um, so my my only complaints are more technical aspects, but the story and the acting are amazing. So four for me. Ah, very good. Well, quickly before I give my final judgment, I just want to clarify about the actual last jewel. <laughs> sure. Is that while this was the last judiciary jewel, ah. it was not the last legal jewel. So there were a range of subsequent authorised jewels that weren't um, judicial, 
but they decided the guilt and innocence of participants, um, which were basically of honour to avenge an affront, that sort of stuff. So, yeah. thank you, this little Wikipedia article that I found floating in the ocean just by the island. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> um, so, now to give my slight... Like, you're definitely right that it. we don't often see these things depicted mm. on film like this. And I think this does it with an amount of respect in that it... it it does the portrayal correctly, I mm. guess, in a way that we as an audience and we are disgusted by it, but we also, it helps us to, I guess, learn and understand these things, particularly in the in how these characters work around each other mm-hmm. and, and the consequences of it. It's, it's scary. Mm. It yeah. is genuinely scary and it is difficult to talk about as well. The, the film itself, the way that it was made, everything was great. All, all of mm-hmm. that is fantastic. I was a little bit burnt out at the start, but um, so I'm going to go with a four. Okay. Four okay. as well. Yeah. yeah. Solid mm. 12. Not bad. Math's good, yes. Math's good, yes. At the age of 83, Ridley's still breaking new ground. <laughs> Thanks, man. That's, that's good. When's his next Alien film coming out? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it's sanctioned by Disney, Disney I suppose. Yeah, uh, there's, they've got the script, I think, but they haven't. Oh, quite. hang on. I was making a joke. Oh, Is no. That... He, he's been wanting to make a follow up to Covenant for quite some time, but I think Disney have slowed him down a bit. There's also an Alien TV series coming out. Yeah. Directed by Noah Hawley, who did Legion and uh, Fargo. So it could actually be really good. Yeah. Those words mean nothing to me. <laughs> Fargo should. Yeah, I saw a poster for it once. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. The TV show or the film? Both. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I will. Get around it. We've been the trailer on podcast. <laughs> you can find us wherever you get uh, good podcasts from. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode and let your friends know as well. Leave a five-star review if you can. It really helps us find a new audience and uh, we would really appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What a wonderful, wonderful day. Uh, you can reach out to us, contact at trailerisland.com.au. I keep forgetting all the ways that people can contact yeah. us. Shoot us a message via Facebook yeah. Messenger as well. And, uh, yeah. Not a French messenger on horseback like in this movie. We won't, mm. we won't respond to that. I will. No. Oh, you will? Okay, Steve will respond to that, but the rest of us won't. Horses are good eating. Uh, <laughs> roast mutton. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, the island food is not sitting well with me at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh... I've been Alex, and always I was joined by... Matthew. Esteban de Ardell. I don't... You just make these more and more confusing as the weeks go on, Steve. Oui. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Merci. Ça va? Ça va, si vous voulez? That's just gibberish now, isn't it? Stop being offensive. <laughs> This is a Narrative Network podcast.